Welcome to Bethlehem Back Chat, where we talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. I'm Pastor Dan Smale, Senior Pastor here at Bethlehem Lutheran Glenshaw. And I'm Wendy Ferrone, member here at Bethlehem and producer of the podcast. And guess what? It's April Fool's Day. We are recording on April 1st. <laughs> yes, we Just are. Just kidding. <laughs> that's as good as it gets for us. That's it. Ha ha. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly that's, right. that's it. That's exactly right. But we got a great topic for today, and that's no joke. We're and not kidding around about we that. We absolutely do. And yeah. it's a good topic, one that we could dive pretty deeply into. We're going to see what we can do with that. The topic is being humble or humility, and the Bible talks about that quite a bit. I'm looking forward to this because we are in the Lenten season. Wrapping it up, getting close to Holy Week and Easter. We are Easter, yes. And at that time, we are to look at our prayer life, and we're looking at fasting and looking at almsgiving. And I would encourage folks to go in and find our podcast on Lent, because we talk about what each of those different parts of that season mean. So hopefully, folks will look back on the the Lent podcast as we go and talk about uh, humility. Yeah. Well... In all of those practices, all of those spiritual disciplines, by their very nature, have us looking beyond ourselves. Right. Right. Either to God or neighbor or to the larger Christian cause. And so that's a great place to kind of start when we think about humility. What does it mean to see the world beyond our own sort of self-concern? Yes, Yes. that's a good one. Yes, Yeah, the Great Commission says, love God and love others, right? Or neighbor. (laughs) We want to shed some light on how that not only is a good thing, but also, you know, it's a blessing to you, to your neighbor, to the quality of your relationships. That's right. Yeah. There you go. So I want to ask you a question. Okay. There is a song a while back um, by Mac Davis. Do you know who he is? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that... (laughs) Back in the 70s. Yeah. Early 70s. You weren't even born, were you? No, I was born in the 70s, but I don't know how much Mac Davis I was listening to at the time. I know. Probably Sesame Street and and, the electric company. So in the 70s, Mac Davis, was he was very famous Mm -hmm. at the time in film. He did a lot of films and he did a lot of um, audio recording songs. One of the ones that I really love and the song that I'm going to talk about that deals with humility He's, there's a lot of versions of it, but the one that I like the most is the one he does with the Muppets. He okay. did it on the Muppet Show, and I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes <laughs> so folks can listen to That's it. Good. It's adorable. I do know who the Muppets are. There you go. So anyway, this song is about our topic, actually. Okay. It's called It's Hard to Be Humble. All right. And the, so, I know. So the, far, so good. <laughs> I know. And the first part is, oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Amen. <laughs> I can't wait to look in the mirror. I get better looking each day. Yeah. Right? I love yeah. it. That's wonderful <laughs> self-affirmation. Yeah. And then it continues, to know me is to love me. I must be a hell of a man. <laughs> oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble, but I'm doing the best that I can. Right. And that's Oy. all we can ever ask of anybody. <laughs> exactly right. Just do of course, the best you can. It's satirical, of course. Sounds uh, like hopefully, it. people get the satire there. So at times, we have a habit of believing that the gifts and blessings that we have received of our own making. Yeah. And we're cautioned against that. And it's as if our brilliance and our good work makes us uh, superior or um, above some others. And we're going to talk about a biblical reference that takes care of that for us. But the last line is... It, doing the best that I can. And my question for that is, are you really? 
Yeah, really? Well, and I think, you know, sincerely, that's the danger. And it's it's a specifically Lutheran danger. Mm. When I think about uh, traditional interpretations of uh, the Beatitudes for mm-hmm. the Sermon on the Mount. Perfect. Um, sometimes Lutherans theologically would say, oh, clearly this is a vision that Jesus is holding out to us, but there's no way that we could possibly attain that. So all we really have to do is do our best and rely on God's grace, and thanks be to God, amen. Mm-hmm. And it's the same kind of thing with humility. Like, well, you know, my my sense of self is always going to get into the way one way or another, so God have mercy and moving on. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's a certain amount of wisdom in that. Mm-hmm. But there's also the risk of sort of just excusing ourselves from important work mm-hmm. and considering the vision that Scripture does hold out to us and our call to strive for something more. Mm-hmm. So for sure. that question is, it's a real question. Am I doing the best I can? Or might I be able to take another look at how I'm utilizing this wisdom? Sure. I, I like to think that when I find myself saying, well, I'm trying. Is that a half-hearted I'm trying, or is that an excuse for not really following through? Right. Yeah. Yeah, doing the best I can. Exactly. And sometimes you are. And sometimes you know, I am. And sometimes you are, and sometimes I'm I am. I'm kind of faking it. And sometimes <laughs> I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, sure. some, in one of those seasons where I'm not all in. And I think the key to growth is being able to say, I probably could have done better. Sure. As opposed to the default. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. Anyway, we're going to get there. We are. Okay. I think it would be important for us to decide on our use of terms. Okay. So being humble, humility, comes from humilis, which means lowly or literally on the ground. This is important because some of our listeners may be saying, that sounds a lot like humus, which actually means ground, it dirt, does. earth. And it just so happens that in one of our creation accounts in Genesis, the human is formed out of the... The dust. Yeah, and I think it's important <laughs> for us to remember that. And you talked about connections with Lent. And this mm-hmm. is a, one of those perfect moments of synergy where we see you are dust. Yes. And to dust you shall return. And then dot, dot, dot. Live with that for a minute. Yeah. Wow. What does it mean? And there is a certain lowliness, right? There is a certain humility that comes from realizing that we are created, that we are creatures, and we are not creators. The best we can hope for is being sub-creators in collaboration with this divine force, with this true creator. But all the while, we have to understand we're not necessarily in charge. That's right. Because it says the meek shall inherit the world. Mm -hmm. And it talks about, um, it sounds like humiliation. Mm -hmm. That's not what we're talking about here. That doesn't mean that we're doormats or that we let people take advantage. Humility means that we have our right perspective toward God, not toward self. Yes. Yeah, very good. Well, and you know, ultimately... When we have the right understanding of, of relationship between the creator and the created, when we do see ourselves being reconciled to God, then I think we can come to a healthier understanding of what it means to be human. 
But to your point, we begin with the first conversation and get to the second. We don't decide everything we need and think through the way we want things to be and then tell God. And we check and say, we good? <laughs> yes. So that, I mean, that's important. Very true. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. And, but if we can have that initial conversation, if we can do the hard work of seeing that which we are grounded in, then we have a place to go. And you know what? I'll be, darned, I'll be darned if there isn't a Bible to show us that. Yeah. <laughs> what we're supposed to yeah. do. We got the manual, right? right. So I, I like the idea of this grounded view. Mm-hmm. You know, your feet are, are firmly planted on the ground and that we are in this place, saint and sinner, yes. a very Lutheran right um, point of view. But I mean, it's easy to say that. Okay. You know, it's a very Lutheran point of view, sinner, <laughs> saint. I mean, that's, yeah. here we go again. Here we go. Well, what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? The hard part is differentiating between when someone actually is lacking humility and when someone is just being a faithful person, sharing a bit of good news, inviting you into their moment of joy and celebration. Yeah. Is it bragging? Yeah. Is it bragging uh, to let folks know that your child was accepted to college and where they're going? Or that you've been blessed with a new grandchild and you couldn't be happier? Sure. Is that bragging? Is, does that demonstrate a certain lack of humility. Hmm. What do you think? And then I'll tell you what I think. All right. Well, I think it depends on your motive. Okay. Like, what's your intention? If um, you're sharing just a blessing in your life mm-hmm. uh, and you want to share that with people. I mean, you think about it. If, if good things happen to you, you want to share those, right? right? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's a celebration. That's it. And that- an acknowledgement, again, if your mind and mm-hmm. heart are in the right place mm-hmm. of God's work, Right. That's right. In and through your life. I'm sorry. Go ahead. It's right. No, that's yeah. right. And I think that I think it's all about your intention. I think it's easy to spot, easier than we would like to admit. How many times have you been in a social situation where you find people one upping one another? <laughs> yeah. So this is a prime yeah. example of go. where we teeter between humility and pride. So, someone comes with the right intention and says. You'll never guess what. My little Johnny was just accepted to Penn State. We could not be happier. He grew up watching Penn State football and just loves the campus. It's a dream come true. We are delighted, and we are delighted for him. Three people in the room say, that's wonderful. Congratulations. We're so happy for you and can be happy with you. And then there's this voice. Yep, that guy. Well, my Susie... Just got accepted to Colgate and on a full scholarship. So yeah, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. There very much is this unhealthy competition that is ever so natural to us that we really need to be careful about. We do. We won't admit it. We don't want to talk about it. But we definitely have these little notions of better, better, best. That's you know? absolutely honest and true. Yeah. Honest and, uh, that, and true. That are working on us all the time. And I think we need to say, why? Why is it so important to us? Why do we need to position ourselves? The biblical writers must have known this was an issue. It absolutely was. <laughs> because it's everywhere in yes. there about humility. And back to Lent. At the beginning of Lent, every single year, 
The same text is before us as Lutherans in the lectionary, and it's this beware of practicing your piety before others. And one of the examples that happens to be given in that text is somebody who's coming to give alms. And it's not the giving of alms that is the problem. That's okay. Jesus is just fine with that, right? The issue that Jesus has with the process is when the person who is giving these alms sounds a trumpet (laughs) before them to announce their arrival so that everybody can see them making their contribution. Yeah, that's That's in the Bible. We have now come up with a nice colloquialism. We call that... Tooting your own horn. (laughs) It's in the Bible. So another prime example, right? Tooting your own horn. But, and and I looked into that. Okay. Tooting your own horn was actually tooting tooting your own trumpet. And Mm -hmm. exactly as you mentioned, it's when a dignitary would be coming into the town or whatever, Mm -hmm. they would sound the trumpet so that everybody knows here comes somebody special. Here comes somebody that's important. And so when you toot your own horn, you're actually, when when you say that, which is really funny, oh, I don't mean to toot your own, my own horn. You're setting yourself up to toot your own horn. You're, you're actually telling them I'm about ready to brag. I'm never using that again. Yeah. So (laughs) not to toot my own horn, but, but I mean, it's just, God, and that's okay. I mean, the thing is, we all do it. Yeah. What are we hoping to gain by that? Yeah, I guess a little stroke of ego and a little a the, pat on the back okay. or something. Or Right. Yeah. And so these are the questions that need to be entertained. Can we affirm folks more naturally and more genuinely so that we aren't constantly out there seeking affirmation? Right. See, this is the flip side of the coin. The criticism is going to come. So you're, what you're saying is we really can't celebrate. We really can't be proud of ourselves. No, actually, no, no. That's not, not at all. That's not it at all. <laughs> right. That's not it at all. But I think what we can do is create a climate where this kind of genuine shared affirmation is a way to build up, to edify one another so that we're not constantly in this position where we feel like we have to say that we're better than that's right this that or the other person you really just have to check your your intention and yeah, your again, motive behind yes. things so if you say i'm so blessed let me tell you what happened to me mm-hmm. and then you start bragging about everything that introductory statement is disqualified by all the bragging that you're doing later well not to mention the fact that you know jesus is saying blessed are the poor that's correct. We mm-hmm. sit, I mean, we're saying, look, wow, I'm so blessed. I hit the lottery. <laughs> That's not the kind of blessing we necessarily hear about again. And I listen, I'm guilty of this myself. I have caught myself in this web many, many times. I'll get a thank you note from somebody. You know, thank you so very much, Pastor Dan, for your contribution to XYZ. And the first thing out of my mouth is, well, I've been blessed and I want to share my blessings. <laughs> There we go again. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah, I know. You got to be careful. I don't know that we can get perfect at that. No. But we have to try. We have to have self-awareness. We have to think about Mm -hmm. what it is that we happen to be saying. Because the long-term consequence of saying, I've been blessed, so I wanted to share my blessings, is to insinuate, potentially, that those folks who don't have the capacity to share in the same way have not been blessed. Blessed. That's not fair. So and when you have been blessed, what are you 
You tell me. <laughs> Dang. Blessed I... doesn't mean necessarily. Things. Yes. Material. Yes. Things. Biblically speaking, blessed doesn't mean I've received some favor from God reflected in advancement, comfort, mm-hmm. and we can go mm-hmm. right down that, that list. Mm-hmm. It's never that. The blessing is always about the capacity to share love. Relationship. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So. Well, that clears up some things. It does. Yeah. That's wonderful. You know, there's this wonderful little passage in the Bible that talks about the eye. And how the eye is Matthew 6, 22, if I'm not mistaken. The eye is the lamp of the body. This is a powerful line. The eye is the lamp of the body. What does a lamp do? If you go home tonight and you turn on, you're ready to read your little novel, and, and what do you, you turn on your lamp, what does the lamp do? It illuminates the room. It allows you to see. The eye is the lamp of the body. In Matthew 6, Jesus says, if your eye is healthy, it makes all the difference in the world. Mm. And again, I want to reiterate, this is a part of humility. If you're walking into any given situation or your particular persona is all about making sure that you're not less than every single situation that you're going that you are going into your eye is looking for the place where you are better the place where you have excelled and all the while you are ranking yourself and you're not allowing yourself to have the capacity to consider other people's needs hurts thoughts already Even if on the outside you're sweet as pie, you're already determining what you're going to get out of any given situation. And that is a lack of humility. And there's a story in the Bible that Jesus utilizes to demonstrate how important perspective is. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Okay. I think the best, really, here we go. Not just better, but the best story (laughs) is where... The Pharisee and the tax collector find themselves, mm. right? Yep. In a moment of worship together. Yeah, that is the good part. Yeah. So, so let's break that down because okay. that is a good one. I actually know what one you're talking okay. about. Okay. So the Pharisee and the tax collector go into the temple to pray, mm, exactly. right? The Pharisee. So there's the, right away, just so we understand. Go ahead. Jesus sets the stage. They go into the temple to, what'd you say? Pray. So the. The foundation of the story, the setting, is that we have two people who are seeking to be in communion with and in conversation with the divine. That's critical. Yep. So there's the intention. They walk in with equal intention. There's there's the intention. (laughs) Let's see how this unfolds. This is awesome. So the Pharisee who's a religious leader, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Um, So you should know better. (laughs) He should know better. He should have been reading some things. Yes. And the tax collector is kind of the the scoundrel yeah. because of no. the nobody likes need the tax to, nobody yeah. does. I still don't actually. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the two of them go into the to the temple, and the Pharisee, with his lack of humility, you'll see it here. He says, "God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, like thieves and yes. rogues, adulterers, or List even them off." Oh so my this, goodness! In, in, in terms of the narrative. This is Jesus constructing a story. Correct. The parable, yeah. Wonderful. Because he has a list which demonstrates to us that he has taken the time to think through all the other people 
just to prove our point, yeah. all the other people that he is what? Better than. Better you. than. Okay. Exactly I, I promise right. the last time I interrupted. No, please do. <laughs> I promise the last time I interrupted. But it's, just, it's important well, the, that we see what Jesus is doing here. That's right. Yes. I, I, I can and just also, envision And it. also, by the way, be convicted. Yes. He means it. Yes. He seriously means what it. What is this? Is, we're not going to sit here now. If we sit here today and pick on the Pharisee and say, oh, see, what a knucklehead. We, we're doing the same thing. We absolutely are. We are falling into the trap. Humility is not operative within our spirit to a significant enough extent. That's right. If we're sitting around saying, I'm glad I'm not like that Pharisee, you've missed the, he's setting <laughs> you, you up. The point. Yes, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> So I'm surprised this list isn't a little longer. Yeah. But the part I love, and I, and I can visualize this, mm-hmm. the Pharisee standing there in all of his yeah. arrogance, yes, right? Yes. And he's saying, thank you, God, for not making me one of those people. And he looks kind of over his robed shoulder and says, <laughs> especially that guy, hey, the is. tax collector. Mm-hmm. Remember, the intent was to be in communion with God. Yeah to be in conversation with God. But God becomes the secondary focus in this moment for the religious leader. The first concern is setting up this beautiful little diagnostic Mm -hmm. that allows him to relegate another person and elevate himself. himself. Yeah, that is absolute arrogance. Absolute arrogance. And it's human. It's built in with men and built in us. We have to be so cautious. Men and women. Of that. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. That's right. Yeah. And then to make matters worse, first of all, this poor tax collector is probably sitting over there thinking, oh, I mean, he's the Pharisee who's a leader is looking at him going, I am so glad I'm not you. Right? Here's the beauty, though. But the way Jesus crafts the story. Do we ever get any indication that the tax collector is even aware that the Pharisee is there? It does mention that they're separate, that they're far away from each other. So it could be the tax collector, this scoundrel, this sinner, right? He's so consumed by his conversation with the divine, he has no idea what's Mm. going on around him. That's a great point. Which is in stark contrast to this keeper of the law. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Now, see, some would say, well, then, Pastor and Wendy, then that tax collector is not being humble because he's only worried about himself. And there I would say, kind of, but not really. He is concerned about the state of his spirit, but he has the humility to acknowledge his shortcomings, failings, and limitations yes. and understands completely and entirely, that the way he gets to where he needs to be is not by his own lights, not by his own keeping of the law, not by his own righteousness, but in and through this reconciliation that can only come in and through the divine. That's right. Yes. That's right. So that's not arrogance. No. It's a surrender of sorts. It's recognition yes. of yes. the issue, yeah. and you lay it before him, say, help mm-hmm. me with this mess, right? right 
this Pharisee also is bragging, like we were talking about earlier. He says, "Oh, by the way, let me sh- let me show you how how much higher I am." Here First are of my all, credentials. <laughs> I fast twice a week. My spiritual resume. <laughs> I have given a tenth of all my income, just if in case you're keeping record here. It's it's like, look what I've done for you lately. Aren't I better than everyone else? Mm-hmm. And a part of it is our fault. We send our little ones to kindergarten. And depending on the school district, they will begin their academic career. And they will begin, at the end of a nine-week grading period, to receive what we have called marks. Recognition of your worthiness. They get their grades. Yes. Now, when this started off, from what I understand, the grade was to be a demonstration of your... Success in the curriculum. Correct. Whether or not you had grasped the necessary material, yes. right? Yes. That's all. It was just sort of a diagnostic. That's exactly right. It's not anymore, Wendy Ferrone. I know. I've been in education <laughs> You've for been 30 educa- years. Let you me tell you. You know better than everybody else. That is no longer the case. No. Those grades are a demonstration of your what? Your work. Yes. And your, your produ- and your producing, your account- attendance, and your, your accomplishments. Yeah, absolutely right. And so we begin at a very early age. To plead our case. To determine if you measure up. We are seeking yeah. to measure up, to find yeah. our... And I'm going to tell you, there are a lot of people that are listening to this that are saying, absolutely right. I worked hard. And it's so hard to get beyond that hard wiring. I deserve... I look, I studied. I think in terms of humility, the model of humility, Jesus walks into that moment and he passes along the honor roll certificate to the student who excels and looks at that student and says, I love you. Thank you for utilizing your gifts. Your hard work has been honored. Well done, good and faithful Faithful servant. servant. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus goes to the student that's been laying on the couch and really isn't concerned so much about the consequences determining the quality of that person's character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Not at all. And Jesus says to that student, that young man or woman laying on the couch, what can we do differently? Yes. Why are you laying on the couch? Why don't you have any energy? What is it that's happening within your spirit that diminishes your motivation and inspiration? And let's get to that. Because I have no interest... Yeah. And telling you your class ranking because it won't make any difference at all. And when we can get the young person who just got their honor roll certificate to have that conversation with the student that's been laying on the couch, then we'll be closer to humility. And I think I really do believe, back to the parable, I really do believe that Jesus once again is setting us up, but in a glorious and life-giving way, mm-hmm. not in an insidious and deceptive way. When we can get to the place where we can say, what's going on in the heart and mind and spirit of that Pharisee? That's where I was going. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. look at that person and think, what is missing Yes, that's causing you to need to to jump around and say, look what I have, look what I can do. Mm-hmm. I, did you watch Mad TV and see Stuart? 
you've got, you've got to see it. He jumps around and says, look what I can do. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's what I'm thinking is, you know, I see a person who who's out there all the time bragging or, or sharing things to get affirmation all the time. Something's missing in their spirit. Well, and that's the limitation of religion. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is. That's the limitation of religion. When you're just doing the thing so that you can feel better about yourself. Right. You've missed the point. Mm-hmm. If you're giving so that you can check a box and say, well, I tithe. God, uh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Kept the lights please, on. Please don't, please don't give me the wrong, take me the wrong way. But no, no, sincerely, now all kidding aside, I don't want to make light of this. If you're giving just to say, hey, look, I gave my 10%, that's not it. It, it, it isn't it. Yeah. I mean, if you're giving because you understand that that expression of generosity draws you into a deeper relationship with Christ, then we're getting somewhere. There you go. You become a part of this community. Yeah. So that's where we're saying, like, humility isn't just this silly virtue that we can kid around about. If you can get to that level of humility, you're going to start a whole new conversation. That's right. So back to the Pharisees. And I feel like I'm dropping a lot of scripture on you, so I I love it. Go ahead. I totally nerding out. Go ahead. But, you know, here we are again, and and we're going to get to... Palm Passion Sunday, and we're going to get to Good Friday and Maundy Thursday. I mean, these are just really momentous experiences spiritually, especially if you're dialed in. I mean, especially if your spirit is in a place where you're tuned into what's actually transpiring and the history that you are remembering and recalling. Yes. Think about the lost characters of the Passion. We all know Judas and what he did and how that all shook out. Mm-hmm. Think about the lost characters of the Passion that just get a line or two but are so very, very important. Like our buddy Nicodemus, who was a, by the way, not a tax collector. He was a Pharisee. Pharisee. And he should know better. And he should know better. In his initial interaction with Jesus. In the dark. Exactly. Don't let anybody see me. It's perfect. (laughs) Seriously. I mean, you can't, you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, I get chills. He goes to Jesus in the dark because exactly uh, what you're articulating here. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. Right. His pride is quite literally in the way. What if somebody sees He's me here? He's too protective of his place. There it is. Yes. He has too much to lose. Associating with this radical rabbi will result in him losing everything that he values and keeps him in his place. Yes. It's the perfect expression. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. The perfect expression. By the end, now, and by the, there's this wonderful exchange where Jesus has the courage to say to him, you, you're going to have to be born again. Yes. Yes. But and it, it's this terrible, it doesn't make any sense to him at all. It's this awkward exchange. <laughs> he's like, wait a minute. How do you do that? <laughs> but he's right. Oh, my God. I'm going to get back to already... my mother's womb again. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and you can almost see Jesus if you just had a little bit more humility and you could take this conversation seriously. Yes. You would see where I'm leading you. But he gets there. To his eternal Mm -hmm. credit, Mm -hmm. and we'll miss this if we're not paying attention as we hear about the passion. To his eternal credit, Nicodemus, he's there at the end to tend to this one who he has come to see might just in fact be the Messiah. And we see this beautiful evolution of humility Hmm. take root in the character of Nicodemus. And that same kind of new life and that same kind of transformation can happen for us Yeah, when we're open to it. Which takes, not, and I'm not being silly, but it takes humility. It does. Because you, a part of humility is openness. And getting out of your own way. Yes. Recognizing that 
that maybe the way you're thinking of something, your perspective or your focus is misdirected. Well, and you can see Nicodemus standing there before Jesus saying, I don't believe this. <laughs> I, ju- I don't believe this is what I believe. And, and that's it. Well, then if you're going to draw that line in the sand, that's the end of the conversation. Closing your, because of what you think is conviction, you may risk closing yourself off from real life giving growth. That's really good. It is. I mean, we're talking about humility and we're just thinking about, it's not, <laughs> I'm just going to be nice to people. It's bigger. I, I'm it's not going to try to outdo others. No, this is what we're talking about yes. when we say it has the potential to impact the entirety of your spiritual life and your relationships. It does. It does. Absolutely. It does. Yeah. I, I think what I find is critical is that we have an awareness that this is why we need a God and this is why we need a savior and we need a community, mm-hmm. a church body because of myself, I am self-centered and yeah. ego-centered, and I'm worried about me. When I have love God and love your neighbor in front of me, and I get to help other people, I have a tendency to lose that focus on myself. Yeah, and in startling ways. You'll go through a season where you're, you're plugging along and you have these other concerns that are rumbling around in your, your heart and your mind. And you look around and you realize you haven't done the dishes in two days. Seriously, I mean, these are the kinds of things that unfold. Yes. But it can happen. It is a possibility. And at the same time, right, back to what you said at the beginning, it's not about being a doormat. Correct. It's not about being a non-person. That's not what we're talking about. That's not humility. You know, well, it's it actually the opposite of because you're so focused on your lowliness that you don't. You're taking pride in a different thing. There you go. Right. And you have to, a part of humility is honoring your capacity, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, I've heard these accounts, but humility isn't the person that's walking around, you know, sort of hunched over and, and there's holes in, the, in their pants. And, and that's, that's not necessarily humility. The, the most humble people are those folks that are completely comfortable. With, yeah, that's with, it. Right? There, yeah. there's, there is no there is no persona. That's They're just sort of being who they are. They're comfortable with who they've been called to be. They're comfortable staying out of their own way. They're comfortable listening to other folks and not having to insert themselves. They're sort of this easy, breezy, carefree personality that every once in a while we run into. And amazingly, it's precisely those types of personalities that everybody's drawn to. And then we mm-hmm. scratch our heads and, well, why? They haven't done anything special. Well, <laughs> at least yeah. not that we know of. Not that we know. Right. It's that inner spirit shining through yes. that person. That there's you a just, peace. Yeah, absolutely. Offered. And a confidence. And there's a, a, a saying, confidence rooted in Christ. Well, there you go. And not in yourself. Right on. So the confidence is it comes from when when you're in alignment with the. Mm-hmm how it's supposed to be in God's world. And, and things just seem to be at peace, right. right? Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things we can warn folks of. I think uh, be be aware of what you, what your triggers are. Yeah. I mean, if you're... Uh, not that we would know anything about this, Wendy. <laughs> no, I but if, but if you're <laughs> But if you're, if you're a type A personality that's driven and organized and prides yourself on having the energy to do everything you need to do and do it well, be forewarned because the criticisms are going to come and somebody's going to say to you, hey, you know what? I noticed you did X, Y, Z. And our initial reaction will be to... To fight. To fight? 
fight, to flight, fix, it's fight. <laughs> to, to compensate, to restore uh-huh. ourselves to our prior right understanding of our position. Sure. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. And it's a very natural response. But watch for those triggers. What would it yeah. mean to say, thank you for that criticism. It doesn't really diminish my character. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really knock me down a peg. We say things like, not to knock you down a peg, but I'm going to try. I mean, <laughs> I'm serious. It's so true. These are the things, if you're so saying true. that, then these are the things that are happening within yeah. our spirits and within our psyches. Be aware of that. Yes. You really can't knock me down because I'm, I'm humus. Seriously, to say, that, okay, thanks. And just take it for mm-hmm. what it's worth. And hear them. Without, yes, without having it be... Right? This big... Personality crushing. Crisis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it's okay. That takes a lot of practice. It does, but that's why we're doing these podcasts. That's right. I mean, since right. we're trying to start these kinds of deeper conversations. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And, and to just take what they offer and say, let me sit with that for Thank a minute. You. Right. Yeah, let me sit with that. It might not be criticizing you personally, a personal attack. It might be a way to reach a better... Um, relationship or very valuable if you can hear it yeah there you go very constructive if you can hear it to learn to just say appreciate that thank you yeah and And if it's not worthwhile toss it have the confidence to toss it that's right but not have it diminish your spirit to where you're spinning that's right right and now you're compensating you're trying to make up for and get your grade back up here we go again i mean all these old pathways jesus invites us to leave behind so that we can be more at peace and be more present in these moments, not the least of which is community and worship. And I think a good way to measure it is discerning whether or not you can be truly compassionate yeah. and empathic, and whether or not you can be truly joyful and celebratory. So let me explain this. Yeah. Um, watch yourself. Be aware in a, in a humble way, right? Mm-hmm. Be aware of your reactions and your responses, if you're in a setting where somebody comes in and says, oh, I, I think I'm going to end up having to have my gallbladder up. Shouldn't be a serious surgery, but you know, surgery, surgery. Um, and I'm going to have to find my way through this. And I hope that all goes well and the recovery isn't too serious. If your initial response is to say, that, oh, I had my gallbladder up. It was, no, as a matter of fact, my <laughs> uncle had his out and then... Uh, Trixie, she had hers. I know 50 people that had their... There's no nothing to worry about at all. Now, come on. Be aware. Instead if of saying, God bless you. To some, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If your response to someone sharing their concern is, I have been there, done that, and bought the t-shirt, go pray. Yeah, that's right. By extension. If you're sitting at somebody's wedding reception and you're saying, well, this is nice, but we had filet at ours. Go go pray. You're in the wrong yes. direction. And I'm sorry. If that sounds too judgy. Judge away. Judge I, away. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah, just no, inviting true. you into, because at the end of the day, I can guarantee you, you will enjoy those interactions and appreciate those relationships much, much more if you can get to a different place. You get yourself out of the picture. Yes. That's one thing that C.S. Lewis did say about humility. Somebody had asked him to characterize humility. And in mere Christianity, mm. he said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. That's exactly right. And it is exactly right. I mean, and just to capture it in that sentence and in that way, it's beautiful. 
but it really is a valuable characterization of what we're trying to share today. That's the t-shirt. There you go. They put that on your t-shirt. <laughs> they put that on yeah, our t-shirt. right on. Very good. So thank you. No, Dr. thank Shannon. you. I appreciate this it. This was really good. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. No. <laughs> and I'm willing to celebrate with you. Okay, that's good. That's good. Dig and, it and out. if I had a couple of... Uh, of slip-ups and stumbles. You know, if, if folks didn't appreciate that April Fool's start, I'll live with that. <laughs> Me too. I thought it was fun. I'll live with that. Thank you so much, Wendy. We appreciate all your work and, and your production efforts. We're grateful, and thank you to our listeners as well. Uh, check out the website. Easter's coming. Tons going on here at Bethlehem. We'd love to see you. In person, online, remote, from Florida, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. God bless. God bless you.